0: Stalk Talk's podcast brings you intelligent discussion of topical issues inspired by the international city of peace and justice. I think we all know what we need to do. Problems, they come like a costume. They fit you.
1: Remove our inner critic and open our inner you know, curiosity. Eh? You know, nothing speaks louder than money. Walk in, in slam your fist on the table, say... So. <laughs> Yeah. We have to work together
0: <laughs> something has to change
1: welcome to another episode of stalk talks
0: this episode we've decided to call be resilient and this is linked to our question how do bees build resilience in cities and urban environments this week we look at the topic of resilience. Although it has become something of a catchphrase for almost everything nowadays, but still the notion of resilience as it applies to cities has fascinating implications, particularly for the everyday lives of ordinary citizens.
1: And when we think of bees, we might think of these small, furry, and busy creatures who sometimes sting. But in reality, bees are one of a group of pollinators that also includes butterflies, dragonflies, hoverflies, and many others. And with us today, we are thrilled to welcome Evelyn de hey, a beekeeper, honey maker, and collaborator with Duurzaam Den Haag.
0: Welcome, Evelyn, and thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Now, Evelyn, on your website, you describe how you became involved with bees in 2012 and you mention curiosity, passion and luck led you to discover what we might call the life of bees. What makes you especially curious about these small, busy creatures?
2: I think it's a childhood thing where you play with insects, maybe not on a very... Uh, in a nice way, but it's that's also part of discovering and satisfying your curiosity. But it's I used to have a small allotment in my um, elementary school. There was small gardens that children could tend to after after school. You go there for an hour and uh, mind the carrots and the flowers and make your mom happy with another bunch of dreams. There was a beekeeper in this allotment, and um, there was beekeepers called Leo. And he, he had a, a day of, well, having you taste honey and all the children of the allotment and their parents could come by and, and see for themselves what the bees were doing. And he also had a display hive. So he opened the hive and you could see the bees working. Wow. Well, that, that did it for me. That the queen and well it was a, a bit of a search for her because she, she is distinctly different from the other bees but she is still a bee and like seeking a needle in a haystack but it was amazing and then combined this combined with the taste of honey well yeah well I was sold 12 years ago I my, me and my husband we bought this large house in the city with a, with a garden and I had two small boys then and I was constantly busy with them and I'm really looking for something to do for myself so I started the beekeeping.
0: Yeah and, and indeed you just were telling us earlier Evelyn that you that you came to gardening through the bees.
2: Yes this large garden of course had to be planted so I bought two rosemaries and uh, a lilac and sat and waited but of course it wasn't nearly enough and um By starting the beekeeping course, I had this direction of where to go with my garden. It was, if I wanted my bees to not forage very far outside my garden, I had to plant things in in the vicinity of their hives. So all of the garden now, 10 years later, is planted with, with plants that are beneficial to
1: honeybees and bumblers and so on uh, one thing that is that is very nice because you describe indeed that, that leo was an inspiration for you as as one of the early beekeepers and now you've sort of well uh, picked up his role and you're doing the same thing on a on a daily basis gardening and, and beekeeping and we were very curious like oh so so what is the life of a, a beekeeper a gardener and and maker? because that's also one thing that you do what does a, a, a day in your life look like
2: well, honey maker, just to correct you, I just steal this honey, huh? I'm not making anything. The lovely ladies make it. I take it. I don't take too much. You can, you could, after you've harvested August honey, you could supply them with sugar water, but I stop, stopped doing this. A lot of beekeepers do it, but I just didn't feel right for me anymore. So I let them, the wintertime, I let them eat their own honey. So I don't take too much, but I am a thief. A honey thief so my day if I, I if I I was only a, a beekeeper I'd get up late I'd wait till the sun would shine it would be at least 12 degrees preferably a bit warmer like 18 degrees then I'd open a hive I get my my gear on my suit or my veiled hat and uh, I'd be checking on them but never too early because in high noon a lot of, of the bees are flying so they're foraging and then it's A bit less busy inside the hive. But uh, what what do you check for? I mean, what do you do there? I check for health. Now it's my 10th year. I know what to look for. Probably I do that sort of instinct. I know what they have to sound like. When it's a whining noise, instead of buzzing, then there might be something wrong with the queen. Is there a queen? Is she laying eggs? Uh, Are there drones? Are there uh, parasites? Are they bothered by the parasites? What's up with honey? Do they have enough? What's up with pollen?
0: What's coming in? What what's, what are the colors? So quite quite a lot more to beekeeping than meets the eye. Yes, it
2: also meets the ear. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's like this, when there's no queen, like the sound they make is like a bit of crying. It's like a bit of a crying sound. So
0: I mean, I guess this has happened to you. If something has happened to the queen, is it then your responsibility as a, as a beekeeper? You then. You need to find a new one. Is is that how it works?
2: If you only have one hive and you lose a queen, then um, you hope that she's laid eggs just before she dies. Because with these eggs, the the worker bees can make a new queen. Maybe you've heard of royal jelly. Yes, this is the food that get all the baby bees. Like the eggs, they all get the first three days. They get royal jelly. It's a protein rich superfood for bees. And the the queen gets this royal jelly her entire lifetime. So she's a selected egg that gets this stuff, this superfood, her entire life, which makes her, amongst a few other things, the queen. Very large, yeah. Different size, yes. She hatches from a larger cell.
0: Okay. You you mentioned pollen just now, and maybe we can talk a little bit about about pollination we hear quite a lot about it but perhaps you could tell us why is pollination so important is it all about biodiversity could you explain it a little bit what is all the fuss about pollination
2: it is all about biodiversity it takes every kind of being to make the world go round. our food system and a lot of beings are disregarded as not useful or But there's so much we don't, we still don't know of how it works. And I think we should protect each and every being. So we afterwards, we don't say, oh, shoot, why didn't we? Why weren't we more careful? Why didn't we appreciate every single being, not just us or our wealth or economical growth?
1: Yeah, I I think one thing that I really like, and and when you said it earlier as well, is it's important to look a bit holistically and see how all beings, they work together to create what is being created. And one thing we we mentioned it very briefly in the intro and, and you said it as well, Is like, well, the bees always get a lot of spotlight, but there are certain aspects in, in part of this, this, this environment, this garden that I've created that sometimes go overlooked. So maybe you can elaborate on that a bit further as well.
2: Yes, of course I tend to honeybees and I keep them and They get a lot of popular press. We all know that it's not going too well, especially on the the northern hemisphere. They're they're under threat. For example, in Holland, the Varroa mite is a mite bees suffer a lot from. Lots of hives die because of infestation with this mite. Uh, It's because of the importation of Asian hives, the the frame, the the boxes. They were really beautifully designed. People brought them to, to Europe. And these, but these mites were in there and then became a plague in Europe. But Asian honeybees, they have a, a gene that makes them get rid of, of the mites. This gene is also dormant in European honeybees. And they're trying to make this dormant gene. I don't know if I'm, I'm not a scientist, but the, the overall idea is that this gene is woken so that their cleansing behavior is triggered. But of, of course, well, honeybees, there's a lot of attention for those, but maybe more important is those, all those wild bees worldwide, 20,000 species, and in Holland alone, 356. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wild honeybees that we don't have to take care of, not in a hive, not, we cannot take honey from them, but they pollinate a lot and we don't have to take care of them. We just have to take care of the environment and they'll do the work for us. So the idea is to have more of them, I guess. Yes, half of those, 356, are under threat. So, well, we have to keep them and, of course, get more of them, but to avoid that they're being under threat because of loss of habitat.
1: And I think that is a fantastic bridge to the question that we wanted to ask you as well, uh, looking at it from a more helicopter view, is how do we then look towards the future to make sure that we can, well, the, the Dutch word is for duurzamer, but the English words to make more sustainable, the, the making more sustainable of the Hague. And how can we help make the Hague a more resilient city in that context?
2: The Hague is a, is a city with a l- lots of parks and of course, green zone of Natura 2000 along the coast. And um, the parks are lovely, but there's also a large part of the city that's concrete and Maybe some uh, communal greens, but people can start by greening their facades, greening, regreening their balconies. There's great initiatives going on in The Hague where people ask the city to help them create a square or some piece of city to get the bricks out and make a small garden, just to plant a few apple trees and uh, and and a grape. It brings people together. It's really nice to work together with with, with children or even not, not even if you don't have children. It's really nice to, to sit there and see things come up out of the earth. I think it makes there's no one that will say, oh, no, I don't like plants. <laughs> maybe you don't like taking care of them, but maybe there's a lack of knowledge, too, because I'm a missionary on this part. I really like everybody to, to garden.
0: I know what it did to me. But I think also young people, especially children. I think they naturally seem to. Most kids I've seen seem to love. They love to work with the earth or play with the earth or in some and see little plants coming up. So I think, as you said, if if it's something done um, through schools or with with young children, then habits are put in place that could perhaps bear fruit uh, later in life. Lovely.
2: <laughs> yes, you're 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 right. And there's a lot of schools that acknowledge that they, that this is important for children and that it comes naturally to them to play with earth it's good for their physique and for their mind and to know how things grow all the, the stacks of cauliflowers in the supermarket nice but where does it come from it's it's a, amazing and it's magical and you can cut one off your
0: yourself absolutely i mean we have touched on this already evelyn but for the gardeners amongst us, or perhaps for the, the want-to-be gardeners amongst us. How could we help our little pollinator friends, the bees in the coming spring? You have mentioned this idea of planting even a, a vine of wisteria or something like that, but any, any other tips for people who'd like to try to make their immediate environment a little greener?
2: Maybe just take a few tiles out of the pavement, next to your front door and get a, a bag of earth or soil and put it there and gets gets just get started maybe you feel awkward first um, but just gardening is it's hip trial and error yeah buy plants that you like a wisteria is lovely it, it, it smells lovely it's good for the soil it gives back to the earth it's a lot important food for pollinators And it's like a tree on your, well, in a few years, it's like a tree on your wall. And it doesn't take as much space as a tree. And maybe you have to um, teach yourself or be taught how to prune it. Just But there's a lot, lots of websites where you can find easy plans, how to start a very small garden. Just put in your uh, calendar on your phone that you have to water it. Not daily, because you want the plant to develop strong roots so it can find water itself. So people with a balcony that have plants in containers know that your plant is depending on you for food and also for, for water. So now, now and then just add a hand of manure, which you can buy in dry form in a garden center or just share a bag with
1: neighbors. And it's not awkward. I, I think that's a fascinating quote share a bag of manure with your neighbors and then uh i mean i i think you've you've had some beautiful expressions there's even one that that unfortunately we you you mentioned earlier is that like uh some plants they're like nature's air conditioning is they they help filter the air they help create clean fresh air i think there's uh, a lot of great metaphors and 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 visuals that you've given us evelyn and uh uh, I, I think I speak for both me and Zoe, as we want to say, Like it, it was a pleasure to have you on the show.
2: It, the pleasure's all mine. No, I, I get carried away when talking about bees and plants. So
1: you were there to contain me. And I I think that's a good sign. And um, I think for people who want to know more about uh, your initiatives, about Haagse Honing, about Dürerseventer Haag, or about any of the things that you do, Haagse Saat is also part of it as well. Um, They can visit the website haagsehoning.nl, or they can send an email via the email info at haagsehoning.nl.
0: Yes, indeed. Thanks for joining us today on Stalk Talks. Evelyn, this brings us on to an exciting new initiative that we're starting this month of April, Tom.
1: Indeed, Zoe, and we want to engage with you, our listener, and share a little of the Hague magic with you, and giving the opportunity to try out some of the projects and products that we've covered in this fantastic radio program.
0: So now, with this in mind, uh, if you visit Evelyn's website, or the Haag website, you'll see a variety of products on offer.
1: And I believe you've spent some time perusing these products yourself, Zoe.
0: I have, Tom. Honey and other bee products, as some of you may well know, have incredible health and beauty properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Keep going. Tell us more.
0: Well, beeswax is great for all kinds of creams, ointments. It has these wonderful healing properties. So It's used in body lotions, lip balm, not for eating, though. And there is also the honeycomb itself, which is very, very rich in pollen. And then, of course, there is the honey uh, made from the flowers in Evelyn's garden, Tom. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. And while we originally had the plan to give away a bottle of fresh honey from Evelyn's farm, unfortunately, she's all out of honey and the bees are not producing anything till the next harvest in June. But Evelyn has kindly offered a packet of her very own Haagse honingsat or Haagse zaadjes to us and the packet itself is biodegradable and is designed to draw honeybees to your garden and they are better suited to sandier soils as Evelyn's own garden borders the dunes.
0: This sounds wonderful Tom. Let's get gardening um, but before that happens tell us what do our listeners need to do in order to win this packet of magic honey seeds yeah
1: so our idea is to help and and do little giveaways each month and how that works is we will post a giveaway link on our social media and in this episode's show notes as well and through this link you get the opportunity to complete little tasks like visit our facebook page subscribe to our podcast or become one of our enthusiastic stalk friends on instagram And By doing so, you'll qualify to enter our raffle. If you follow us on all three and do all of the activities, you'll earn more raffle tickets and have an even greater chance of winning. That's how it works.
0: That sounds amazing, Tom. I think no more needs to be said. Please take a look out on all of our social media platforms. Of course, you'll find our podcast, as always, on Anchor. We've also expanded our reach to a number of other platforms to include Amazon. So keep an eye open for that. Or Of course, you can find us, as always, on Instagram. Instagram, Facebook, and this time with a little added incentive because of those wonderful magical honey seeds. Please, uh, to our listeners, stay tuned for another episode at the same time next week.